Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to AOK. Before we start the episode, we just want to remind you that everyone's sexual and romantic attraction works a bit differently. What you are about to hear are opinions based on personal experience, and any descriptions of romantic or sexual orientations featured in this episode are not representative of any group. friends and welcome to AOK, the podcast about people on the aromantic and asexual spectrums. I'm your Airways host, Courtney Lang, and joining us today is Ezra, who is a cat dad. Thanks for being here. Hello. Hi. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I, uh, I'm Ezra. I'm from the UK. I'm 21. My pronouns are he, him, and I am aromantic allosexual. Perfect. Um, what does being aromantic allosexual mean for you? Uh, it means I experience um, sexual attraction, but not romantic attraction. So I can find someone sexually attractive and want to sleep with someone, but I have zero interest in pursuing relationships. Okay. And when did you figure that out? Um, I actually um, identified as aromantic when I was about 15, but um, I kind of drank that aphob Kool-Aid and like recloseted myself mm. because I was convinced by all the stuff on tumblr that it was like predatory and wrong and i was just internalized homophobia or whatever so um i actually like came out came out for good like last year oh wow that <laughs> yeah, sounds because real I was, tough yeah yeah well i got into some a couple of like long-term relationships and then like last year i was doing some i stumbled across some research and then I was kind of like, oh, I'm meant to be enjoying this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> yes, that's relatable. Um, and so how did you first come across it? Was that online? Uh, yeah, it was uh, online stuff. And I was kind of like, oh, I think that sounds like me. Right. And then you just kind of fought against it. And then what research did you find that really was like, like, was it the, oh, I was supposed to be enjoying this that really hit it home for you? Yeah, yeah, I think it was it was mostly kind of finding aromatic resources online and then coupling that with I have a lot of friends who are sort of super like really into romance like in real life mm-hmm. and they'd say things sort of along the lines of oh, you know that feeling when you meet eyes with a stranger in the library and suddenly plan your entire life together and I was like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, that can't be a thing. And everyone's like, oh, no, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I'm like, oh, no, I am missing out on some experience that I had no idea I was missing out on. Yeah, wow, that's so specific. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. What do people – Are how out are you? Like, how many of those friends know that you're aromantic? A- um, at this point, all of my friends, oh. I think – yeah wow uh do you ever run into like misconceptions when you come out to them uh yeah i had a friend um we were like just having a bonfire like in the back garden and one of my friends was like oh i can't wait to get married i was like can't relate and she kind of went oh don't worry we'll find someone for you Mm. i was like no 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 don't (laughs) misread that no i don't want right yes that is a huge misconception Mm -hmm. do you 
So do you know anybody else who's in the Arrow community? Um, yeah, I have a friend um, at uni, actually, who is, um, I mean, she's ace. I don't. I think she might be demi-romantic. Don't quote me on that, 100%. Okay. Um, but on I, she was the first person I messaged, so it was like, hello, I think I might be aromantic. What do? And she was like, <laughs> that's okay. I support you. <laughs> right. And, and, like, because you're allosexual, do you ever feel kind of left out of that community? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky because I found some allo aromantic groups. Like, I have a Discord server that's just for um, allo arrow people and non-SAM arrow people. Mm-hmm. But I think in a wider community sense, I think we do get ignored a lot um, because ace voices tend to be louder and more visible because people don't tend to notice aromantic people as much. Yeah. Yes. Do you feel like there's a pressure to be like queer enough? Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, I think it, I mean, I think it happens with the ace community too, but we're not really allowed to prioritize our ace identities, I think. It's sort of be a, oh, I, don't worry, I also like men, or no, I, don't, I, I am welcome in this space, I also have this other identity, like we're never allowed to just kind of exist. Right, yeah. And so you mentioned you don't identify under the split attraction model. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Yeah, it's partly partly the reason that like we're not, we're almost not allowed to prioritize our A-spec identity, so it's kind of like a little protest against that. Mm. Um, but in general, I prioritize my aromanticism over my sexual identity because I think it's more important to me, like to who I am as a person. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah. So it's so it's not that. Okay, so I'm trying to wrap my head around it because by saying you're allosexual, aromantic, that feels like split attraction model. Um, so yeah, and it you, does. So you just go, I'm aromantic, and period. Yes. Yeah. Got it. That's awesome. I totally see that. So um, prioritizing your, or not prioritizing, but like because your romantic orientation is so much more important to you, I do feel like there is that pressure a lot that, you know, like sexual orientation is the thing that everybody talks about. Is that ever really frustrating? Yeah, it is a lot. And it is, again, it's... I don't really know how to word this because I mean for me it's it's I think it's easy to move in aromantic spaces and just say like oh I'm aromantic because people understand what that means Mm -hmm. but in sort of a wider like society wide kind of thing it's not it's less it's more difficult to just be like oh sex is something I do but being aromantic has shaped how I interact with like the entire world and the people in my life that's not something that in general people get as much i think i feel like a lot like the end goal for a lot of like aromantic people is like oh i find someone i'm sexually attracted to we have to like date and it has to go somewhere mm-hmm. it's like there has to be some kind of meaning to the act a lot of how how i view like sex and building those types of relationships it's more like that's just something that it's another way to express like express affection with another person that I like and who likes me it's not something that has any deep and like deep and fundamental intimate meaning um it sort of takes away 
the power from it because I feel like as a society we put way too much emphasis on like sex it's like it's taboo but it's also the best thing that'll ever happen to you but it's also can be the worst if you do it wrong like there's a there's just a lot of weight to it and I think it's important to kind of remove that and just exist and I don't, I don't know man I just like to vibe <laughs> <laughs> vibe just like the vibe yes that makes a lot of sense to me especially um because I'm aromantic also I mean I'm not um allosexual but I totally see where you're coming from so Mm -hmm. thank you for phrasing that in a way that kind of blew my mind (laughs) (laughs) like being aromantic like how do you navigate those spaces like how do you navigate like dating and just interacting in the world that is so caught up in romance i mean i yeah again i think because it has shaped like how i interact with other people because it's gifted i feel like being aromantic gives us more of an appreciation for other types of relationships because i feel like for aromantic people it's always like oh i have my friends but one day i'm going to find a person who's more important than my friends right but as aromantic people we always have sort of an intrinsic understanding that there are lots of different types of relationships and all of them can be equally as important to us. Yes, 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 yes. That's huge. Oh my God. And how, like, how important are your friendships to you? They're, they're super important. Mm-hmm. I owe my friends a lot and like we le- we rely on each other for a lot of things and they have been there like for certain things that they wouldn't be able to talk about with like family or, and like, sitting I've been the shoulder to cry on when my friends have had breakups and like that's a very important thing even though I don't share those experiences I feel like it's a very important experience to have with them like being there for them and I don't feel like you can get that unless you have like a support group of friends or whatever yes oh my god I agree people have this awful idea of like my friends are my like most important until I find that special someone that feels yeah, exactly. Just, that feels awful to me. Yeah, it makes me feel like a placeholder. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm I'm the most important person in your life until someone else comes along. Right. Who fills that slot? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay. Switching gears a little bit because I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, you practice witchcraft, correct? I do. That's yes. so awesome. What got you into witchcraft? Um, I mean, I've always been into like supernatural paranormal stuff i was like a gothy emo kid and i really love horror movies um (laughs) so i guess (laughs) i I think witchcraft was just a result of me exploring that and then sort of stumbling across sort of exploring more unknown sides of life and existence Mm -hmm. i think yeah i think witchcraft kind of helps articulate concepts like life isn't a beginning and death isn't an end it's all like a constant cycle of decay and rebirth um and you so i know f- witchcraft means a different thing for everybody who practices it um what is it for you like is it a religion is it like a, a an aid is it a hobby like how do you view it uh yeah i don't mix my religion and witchcraft personally i, I know people who do but it's less of like a religion thing and it's more just like a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. I guess. I yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. And you you also read tarot cards, right? 
Mm-hmm. Is that yep. related to witchcraft? Yeah, well, the influence of energies and stuff is important to tarot because it's how, like, the choices in the cards influenced. Um, and they can be used in spells as well for the same reason because they can help focus your intention. Um, but because witchcraft is also about the manipulation of energy, it kind of, like, they kind of marry together really, really well. Oh, okay. And so do you have, like, a favorite card or a group of cards? Yeah, I actually do. I don't know if this is... I feel like it's probably not weird to have a favorite card. Okay. Yeah, but I do. Um, <laughs> I The Five of Pentacles, it's not like the flashiest card, but the Five of Pentacles has always been my favorite card. It's um, It basically shows two people like struggling outside in the snow, and they're outside of a building with a big fancy stained glass window. And for me, it represents kind of solidarity during times of struggle and finding a community that values like the traits of solidarity, regardless of like aesthetics and material wealth. And that's always something that I found really important. And it was nice to like encapsulate that in a little drawing. Yeah, I love that. Do you pull that card often? I try to. I, I mean, if I'm lucky, then yes. <laughs> Especially, yeah, if you're doing like readings about, again, like to do with relationships or friendships, it usually crops up. Okay, that's fascinating. And do you have a card that's kind of like a stalker card? I mean, I usually like court cards. They kind of, they pop up a lot and it's really annoying because I don't remember the meanings of those very often. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they always seem to be there, just one of them. <laughs> You're like, well, I have no idea what that means. I'm like, oh, let me check my book, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, what is the funnest part about tarot and witchcraft for you? Uh, this is, again, I sound like such a nerd, but I really like learning things. Okay. Um, and there's like, cause there's so many ways to practice and obviously so many different experiences cause it is a very individual type thing. I really like reading and researching things, but also hearing about the different ways to do things. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I don't mix religion and witchcraft, but I know people who work with deities and I love hearing about like how that works and what they do and the offerings they leave and like the different ways to experience like this particular practice and also like life itself is really interesting um does your witchcraft intersect with your aromanticism at all um yeah i think so like i mean i did say that it impacts like everything about me (laughs) um but i do think it helps to focus on what's important in certain spell work like again i get asked for love spells by friends sometimes and i think it it's good to have the perspective of like well i can do a love spell but it's going to be the kind of love that you need and that's probably going to be self-love and not helping you find a boyfriend Uh i love that wow (laughs) that's such a clever take on it yeah and i like doing love spells that like bring the love you need not sort of romance spells because i don't i don't feel like that's what you should use witchcraft for and also i don't think that's what you should your end goal should be Mm -hmm. besides the love spells is there something in particular that your friends tend to come to you for um mostly sort of protection and calming spells like i know a lot of people who have like anxiety and stuff and like little drawing little sigils on stones that they can hang above their bed to like for like calming stuff is pretty common which is it's a nice thing to do I like doing it for people yeah that's awesome and these sigils do you just write them on like paper or what do they look like uh yeah you can write them on anything um 
they're just little symbols. I have I use a certain pattern to sketch mine out because I'm not very good at art and not very creative. So I <laughs> <laughs> so I have a little like cheat sheet to shaping mine, but you can write them on pretty much anything and then like charge them with whatever intent that you need them to do and then send them on their way. Um, what do you like? Is there something you wish more people knew about witchcraft? I think the if I could tell people that this, I don't think there's any, there's no such thing as like good or bad witchcraft or magic. Like I work with like death magic primarily, um, but that doesn't mean I work with evil or evil magic because all like energy and energy doesn't have that kind of moral implication. It's all stuff that goes like into the earth, away from the earth, into the universe or whatever. Okay. Tell me more about death magic. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive practice. It's very, it's a little bit more niche, but it's a lot to do with sort of spirit work and ancestral veneration. And also, um, I personally, like, it's a lot to do with how, like, there's no, like, energy, it doesn't, like, obviously it doesn't, like, disappear. And when something dies, it it will be like used again in some kind of rebirth. Mm-hmm. So everything that is the, all the energy that we get and everything that exists is due to death. So it's a lot of death. Witchcraft is about learning that you don't have to be scared of it because it's everywhere all the time. And that's not like a bad, scary existential thing. It's like a fact of life and making peace with it. Mm, I like that. That reminds me of the tarot card uh, death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's all about change. Yeah, it's change. It's not like a bad card. It just means something's changing. Right. Wow. Okay, super cool. I'd never even heard about death magic. Are there like um, routines you have related to witchcraft? Yeah, um, uh, meditation is mostly it. Um... That's kind of, I mean, I, I tarot cards would be, but I don't have them with me here, which is sad. But meditation is kind of an easy sort of entryway into like learning to focus energies and stuff. And I also make sigils pretty regularly, which help focus kind of intent. Oh, very cool. Okay. And if for people who are interested, like how do you even get these resources? Like where do you research? How do you get into witchcraft? There's a pretty good community on Tumblr of witches um, who can kind of point you in the right direction to resources. Um, I would recommend like trying, like contacting people and trying to find resources rather than just like going off like Tumblr posts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, actually, what I was surprised by, I found this like last week, but on TikTok, there's actually a pretty active witch community. Oh, fascinating. That's so interesting. Yeah. I wonder why TikTok. Yeah, I know. It's really nice. They're all they're all very nice, actually, so far. <laughs> so they're far. They're all very friendly, <laughs> friendly and welcoming people. That's great. Awesome. Um, and you're not the first person we've interviewed who practices witchcraft. So it is. it does make sense that there's a community out there. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm assuming the practice itself isn't it, – it, are there, like, communities that practice together, or is it more independent? Um. It really depends on, like, the type of craft and the type of witch, I think. Like, I know of, like, covens of witches who do stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and also at my university uh some people that i know um like mutual friends um are starting a witchcraft society so we will at our university have a society of people who will practice witchcraft so we can like hang out and share experiences wow like a student group yeah that's awesome it will it be recognized by the university uh yeah hopefully um there should be enough people to make a committee so next when you can but when the time comes they can apply to be an official society wow that's amazing that's super exciting um let's move into our final question so this is kind of a big one um and it's kind of a lot of people's hardest one to answer but who is someone important to you hmm I was thinking about this earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit and say two people because it's my two best friends, Kelsey and Meg, because they're the people that I said I was gonna go and get iced coffee with once this whole quarantine thing is over. Aww. Because they're yeah, they're the first people that I would go out and get co- iced coffee with, um, and they're the kinds of people that absolutely are not willing to take any of my bullshit, and I need that to ground me a lot. But also, they'd be 100% willing to kill a person if I needed them to. (laughs) Oh, yes. What friends are made of. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Good answer. Uh, Ezra, thank you so much. This is so fun. Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And thank you to everyone listening and to our newest patron, Jill H. Um, And as always, thank you to Uberkick for the use of their song, A-OK to Tanner Grayler for creating our cover art, to Sophie Lalonde for editing and producing this episode, and to our amazing patrons at patreon.com slash AOKpod. I'll be back next week with another guest, but until then, I'm Courtney Lang. And I'm Ezra. And, and we, we are, are AOK. A-OK. Thanks for asking anyway.